welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 153, Charity. Hello, I'm so glad you're here. Every once in a while, I get the desire to tell you guys how much I love and appreciate you. And I always worry when I say it that it comes across as empty and just something I would say, but I really, really mean it. I love each and every one of you, even though I don't know who you are. You are such a blessing in my life. You motivate me to continue to do this, to study the scriptures, and you have helped me grow so much in these last three years. But beside that, I love you because the Savior loves you. And as I study his words, I can feel his love for you as I prepare. So thank you for being here. Thank you for helping me. And I hope what this podcast can bring to you will help you. I don't claim for it to at all be the best Come Follow Me podcast. In fact, I think there's lots of better ones, but it's a blessing and I'm so thankful for it and I'm thankful for you. Okay, let's get started. I have switched the topic of this like 10 times (laughs) back and forth in my head because there is so much to study in this week's chapters. There are so many miracles and so many ways that we could dissect these miracles. And if you want kind of a recap, go to Callie Black, come follow me study on Instagram is where I watch her anyway. She always gives awesome recaps because I am not going to do that. I'm going to focus on just a couple of different areas. This week we have tons of miracles. We have the healing of the leper, the healing of the centurion's servant. We have Simon Peter's mother-in-law healed. We have the storm on the sea where where Christ saves them from the from the storm and they have little faith and are worried that they're going to drown. We have the man with palsy that's lowered down through the roof to Jesus. We have Matthew the apostle being called. We have the 2000 pigs being possessed by devils. And there's even more than I just said. So like I said, there's a lot we could talk about and a lot that we could dissect in there, but I'm just going with what touched my heart the most. And the reason that I think it touched my heart the most is because I feel like I, I feel like I was a little called out as I was reading it. So I'm going to read you the part that we're going to discuss. It's in Luke chapter seven, starting in verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired that he, Jesus, would eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, we don't really know where this woman came from. We don't know who she was. But I would imagine that she had heard him preaching earlier that day or earlier that week and had had a changed heart. Now, when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who in what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. The holy men back in those days would avoid sinners like the plague and considered it to taint them if they were touched by sinners. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? 
Simon answered and said, I suppose he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil didst thou not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Now, as we read about Jesus Christ's life, for sure he said a lot of things. He preached to the people. He condemned behavior. He defined truth. He proclaimed a firm law that required changed hearts, not just outward actions. But what he did most of all, was serve other people. That's what we read about all this week in Come Follow Me, was him serving the one. In Luke chapter 5, it talks about how Matthew, the apostle, was called. Matthew was a tax collector, and it says that Jesus passed by him and said unto him, Follow me. And it says that he left all, rose up, and followed him. And after that, he held a great feast in Matthew's house. And there were many publicans, which are tax collectors, that sat down with them. And the scribes and the Pharisees come by the dinner and they see that he's eating with these people that they consider to be traitors of the Jews. They likely had been excommunicated. Matthew likely had been excommunicated from the Jewish faith. And they ask, why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answered and said, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In both of those stories, we have a, a woman of low reputation who is a known sinner. In Matthew, we have a traitor, a tax collector. Another story that touched my heart was the story of the centurion's son being healed. It says, and a certain centurion's servant, a centurion is a soldier that was over a hundred men, a servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he, meaning the Roman centurion, was worthy for whom he, Jesus, should do this. For he loveth our nation, meaning he loves the Jews, and he built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man set under authority. So he's comparing himself to Jesus, saying that I have authority too, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Basically, he's saying that I know what it's like to have authority. I don't have the same kind of authority that you do, but when I say for something to happen, it happens, and I know that that can happen with you in this way. 
And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Now, honestly, I could read through all of the stories of this week and draw the same point that I'm going to make now. Jesus spent his time ministering to the one. And often the examples that were given are to people who the Jews considered unworthy. They considered Roman soldiers beneath them, even though they were their oppressors. They considered tax collectors to be traitors and sinners. They considered this woman, whatever her sin is, to be unworthy of even being touched. And yet Jesus came for them. He ultimately came for all of them. But all of these examples were being given is showing us that he came for those who were considered the lowest, the least important, the most undeserving. He came for them and he served them. Now, the reason that I say that I feel called out is not because I think I am terribly judgmental. I know that I am sometimes, just like we all are. But I think my focus has been a little off. My focus has been not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We live in a world where things are backwards. Satan is making evil appear good and good appear evil. And that's the way the world is headed. And so my focus has been, I will speak truth. I will not live by lies. I will stand up for truth. I will not sugarcoat the gospel so that people will be more comfortable with it. A phrase that often comes to my mind is, you don't have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. However, I think my convictions, all of those things are good. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good. The truth, as the Lord defines it, is never unloving. This Christmas, my sister gave me a sweatshirt. And just to give you a little bit of background, this is a sister that has has decided to leave the church. And she doesn't have neutral feelings about the church. She has very strong feelings that very much contrast my own. We don't agree about the church or its doctrine. And occasionally that will come up and cause a little bit of tension, but I think we do a pretty good job. But even though most of the time it's peaceful and we're the best of friends, I know that the church is a source of of strong emotions for her. She has strong opinions against it. Now back to the sweatshirt. This wasn't just any sweatshirt. This was a sweatshirt with a custom embroidery put on it. And it said, love is the reason. Now, the reason that's significant to me is because if you look at my podcast, that is the tagline for this podcast. It says that we focus on love as the reason for everything. Now, I don't know if that was my sister's intention, that she felt she wanted to remind me that this thing that I so strongly believe in, that I have such a commitment to, is all about love is all supposed to be about love. But whether it was or it wasn't, it pricked my heart. And especially these last couple of weeks as we have been reading about Jesus Christ's life and what his focus was. His focus was the saving and healing of the one, even the lowest. Now that doesn't mean that the doctrine he preached was 
not as important because ultimately the doctrine, the truth that Christ is teaching is what leads people to salvation through him. None of that saving and spiritual healing can happen without the doctrine. Because in order to be saved, there has to be a changed heart. And changed hearts happen through internalizing the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Not just internalizing, but internalizing and doing. Now it's the doing that I'm focusing on in myself. If I, in all my sincerity, spend all of my time proclaiming truth, not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet lack the spirit, lack the countenance of Jesus Christ, then everything I'm saying is empty. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Charity is the pure love of Christ. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeking not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Charity is the pure love of Christ. That should be what comes first above everything else. I think that I have been caught up in what Paul is talking about here. I can talk and preach and speak truth, and yet it doesn't matter if I don't have love first. I still believe that you don't have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. I believe that. But compassion comes first. Love should come first. And love means leaving judgment up to the Lord. That doesn't mean that we need to pretend that sin is good, that choices people are making are okay with the Lord. That is not what it means. I was down in my daughter's room a couple of nights ago, and she's so cute. She's making up little quotes to put on her mirror in the bathroom. And one of her papers said, There is no situation more important than making sure someone feels loved. We are a church full of imperfect people. As Christ would call us, they that are sick. We need him. But it's not just those who are active in the church that need him. And I know we all know that. But in our actions, do we really? Are we really seeing people in their hurt, in their serious sin? And being willing to take them in with pure charity and love and letting the Savior do what he does best, letting them be healed, meet them where they're at and let him do his work. Can we see the woman who washed Christ's feet with her hair and her tears and anointed his feet? Can we see her and the people that she represents? The way the Savior saw her, he knew because she had much to be forgiven that she would love him so much. He considered her honoring him all the more sacred. 
Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Are we making room for all types of people in our congregations? I know that my heart gives room for all types of people. I I don't care what your background is or what your current things you're struggling with are. I don't care. But are my actions showing that? I don't really know that they are. I'm not really going out of my way to really try to get out of my comfort zone and reach the people the way that Christ teaches us to. In these chapters, we read of a widow's son who was raised from the dead, her only son. Don't you think Christ knew as he walked toward Nain, a city in Galilee, where she was at? Don't you think he knew that he was going there to do this? He walked 26 miles from where he was the day before. 26 miles, and he knew he would end up there. When Christ came to the woman at the well in Samaria, that wasn't the normal way they traveled. He chose to go through Samaria and reveal himself to the woman at the well. Christ went out of his way for the one, to speak with the one, to heal the one. Are we doing the same? I don't think I am. I think I'm willing to accept anybody who comes across my path. But I'm not seeking to go out of my comfort zone, to minister to those who I might not normally come into contact with. And you know what? As I say that, I'm thinking about the poor and the needy and and people who have, have serious problems or are very different from me to minister to them. But I think about people even in my ward that I don't normally talk to because Maybe it feels like they're they're not quite in my circle. They're not they're not the type of person that I feel naturally drawn to or maybe I feel uncomfortable because they're different from me or perhaps I can tell that that they have have a rougher life for me. And I think sometimes we shy away from that challenge and it feels more comfortable to go go to people that feel similar to us and feel just, just happy. And, or at least, I don't know, feels happy. Maybe they're not happy, but you all know what I mean. Just the people you're comfortable going to, are there people I'm avoiding in my ward because it feels hard? Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling, but all of this to say is love comes first. Always. It doesn't mean that nothing else matters, but love comes first. The rest of it, Jesus Christ has well in hand. We don't need to worry that he doesn't. All he needs is our faith and our willingness to feed his sheep. We're going to end with Paul. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.